0: Hi guys. Good morning. Hello. Welcome back. My name is Jenna and you're listening to the For Good podcast, which is a place to talk about all the thoughts, conversations, and people that have changed me and my life for the better and for good. Kind of sad that I can't really, you know, ask how you guys are doing, but I hope you're doing well. Having a good week so far and finding a good balance of being productive and also having space to be to be restful as well. Um I'm currently recording in the comfort of my bed right now, looking out the window and it's so sunny. I had a bit of a productive morning this morning, woke up early and spent like two or three hours doing homework, editing a paper, submitting my last journal for internship. So I'm officially 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 done. Which feels literally insane and yeah made some coffee had a bagel and now I'm just sitting in bed excited to record today's episode I think that this might be my most anticipated episode yet um and I just can't wait for you to to hear who's on the podcast this week but before that I thought I would do a little life update with my highs lows and one of the we're not really strangers questions So for my highs for the week, I had a sleepover with my sister Saturday night. So we got pizza from Uccellos and had little drinks, sat downstairs in our basement space where we put our TV down there and some string lights. And we watched the Reputation Stadium tour, which she had not seen before. And that was so much fun because I feel like Reputation is probably one of our favorite albums, like for both of us. So it was fun to see her getting so excited because she's the one that I'm going to see Taylor with when I go to Detroit this summer. So it was really fun to just like get excited and to explain some of the the Taylor lore and fandom is like, and just to get excited about going to the concert together. And then I went on a walk with my friend Cora the other day because we didn't have school. On Monday. So we just walked for like an hour, hour and a half in the sun and caught up on school and life and truly everything. Cora is, she's definitely someone that's going to be on the podcast soon. And I can't wait to chat with her and to have you all get to know her a bit more. But I think she's someone that just always has such a gift of making you feel like the only person in the world and the only person in the room when you're talking with her. And yeah, that just absolutely filled my heart, filled my soul to get to catch up with her and to hear just about all the exciting things that she's hopefully doing this summer. Also, she's another social work major, so it's always really fun to just talk with her about that and just share share our passions together and our, our dreams and hopes for, for the world. So that was another high. Oh, and then I started this new babysitting gig where I pick up this kindergartner from school take her home to have a snack, then drive her to soccer practice, sit at her soccer practice, and then drive her home. And it's just fulfilling all of my dreams of being a soccer mom. I had the first day of that this week, so it was such a blast to to drive her around. Anti-hero by Taylor Swift came on the radio and she was like, this is my favorite song. And I said, we are going to get along. This is perfect. So we're just driving, hanging out, chatting, and... It was really fun to watch her little soccer practice, too. So all of that to say, I'm just feeling excited about living out my my nanny dreams, my soccer mom dreams. My other high would just be that graduation is in less than 20 days. Pinch me. That feels insane. And getting excited, making plans with friends and family for that weekend. Um, Just feeling so surreal, but so excited about that. So those are all of my highs for the week. I don't really know if I have any lows and I don't want to just like reiterate all the same things that I've said in every single episode. So I guess a low from the week would be Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn breaking up, which I know sounds dramatic, but it's just kind of a little bit sad and it's, it's really not impacting my life that much because I just feel so far removed as being celebrities versus, you know, people in my my day-to-day life. But then my other low would just be feeling kind of conflicted about what to do in the fall. So I think I mentioned that I graduate end of April and then in the summer I'm going to be nannying full-time for two kids, which I'm really excited about. And I think that's going to be a good break from school and a good chance to recharge before starting grad school in the fall. But while I'm doing grad school, I'm hoping that I can still work so I can pay for grad school and other life expenses, but I'm trying to figure out if I want to work on the skilled nursing floor that my internship was at because they offered me a job or, or if I want to look for another social work job at a different agency just to get some more experience and exposure in another population or if I should keep nannying because I really love that, and that's flexible and pays well. So, so I guess that's kind of a low because it's a little anxiety-inducing to not really know what the best decision is and to try and like plan for, for a job in the fall and in the spring when I don't exactly know how grad school is going to feel until I'm in it. So I guess planning in advance just feels a little difficult because I don't want to say yes to something thinking that it's going to be really good And then end up feeling, like, super stressed and super burnt out when I'm actually in it, if that makes sense. Kind of brainstorming what I should do with myself and even, like, what future social work job I should have. Because, you know, we all know that I'm a big dreamer and I think of, like, 10 million ideas all the time. But I think with social work being so broad, I'm like, oh, should I... Be a hospice social worker? Should I be a medical social worker? Should I work in the foster care system? Should I work with infants and mothers? Should I work with refugees? Should I do more macro practice and policy work? It's just kind of hard to know because there's just so so many possibilities. so it's hard to know what would I be really good at and what would I really enjoy. But I think amidst kind of my stress and uncertainty about the future, I've received a lot of really good advice lately just about how. Every single experience that you have teaches you about the world, about others, and also about yourself. So, even if I have an experience and I accept a job that's not maybe an ideal experience, I still believe that I would learn through that and grow from that experience, um, either learning what I do like or what I don't like. And I think I would take additional skills and perspectives and experiences with me from, from those different jobs that will help me with later jobs and later experiences that I have it's definitely easier said than done but I'm trying to rest in that fact of like I can't really make a wrong decision because because like there's no no thing that I can do that that's going to change what God's plan and God's will is for my life what God has already ordained and what God what God's will for my life already looks like so I'm trying to take comfort in the fact of like Yes, I have to make, I have to make these decisions on accepting this job or accepting this job, but ultimately I want to walk in and trust and in gratitude that wherever I go, the Lord is leading me down that path and, um, that he's going to provide for me and, and sustain me through all of that. So, sorry, that was a little bit of a tangent. Oh gosh, I gotta, I gotta wrap this up. Okay. That's kind of where I'm at with my lows and my thoughts and feelings And then for the We're Not Really Strangers question, this card says, what is my favorite thing about the age I am today? That's kind of fun. Um, I think I was talking about this the other week with Jamie, probably spurred on by the thought of graduating soon, Um, just about how we're kind of mourning the fact that we're never going to live in our childhood homes again or like never be all under the same same roof as our siblings and how getting older just feels so terrifying in a lot of ways as if our lives have already passed us by. And she was like, I, I don't know if I want to turn twenty-three. I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. But then she was like, but I've loved what twenty-two has felt like because it's moments like this when we're hanging out in the house with all the girls and going on road trips and there've just been so many precious moments in that and she was like I've also I've loved how like 21 has felt and what that's looked like and and as much as getting older is terrifying there's been so much goodness in that too I don't know I think one of my favorite things about being 22 is getting to be excited about all that the future holds and not knowing what that looks like and just having this all these visions and dreams for it um while still having so much solid ground and so much support from my friends and my family. I don't feel like I I'm totally independent and isolated or on my own yet. Um, So I think it's a good mixture of getting to dream and plan and experience so many things and do so many things on my own if I want to, but then having a a good home base of people to come back to. 22 has also been such such a reflective and insightful year for me so far probably more than any other time in my life and i think i've just able to look back on so much of college and see how much i've changed and grown and, and it blows my mind to think that like i'm only 22 and i have like the whole rest of my life to still grow and change okay the last thing i'll say is i think that being 22 has just been a year just resounding with love and beauty and so many so many small little ways and just appreciating every single moment as being so, so tender. And I hope that that perspective continues as I continue to get older. Um, I just hope that I never lose lose that sense of joy or awe or wonder for moments that just feel so beautiful and sweet. And then I can just soak them up to to their fullest. Now that we're done with life updates, I can't wait to transition into today's guest and the topic for the podcast. I'm so grateful that this week I get to sit down with someone who I admire so much as a social worker, as a Christian, and just as one of the most caring individuals that I've ever met. I have the absolute honor and privilege and joy of talking with Professor Huxma about her life, her heart, and just what her journey with social work has looked like. I absolutely admire her so, so much, and can't wait for you guys to hear our conversation. Okay, hello. This is (laughs) Stacia Hooksma speaking. Hi, everybody. I have Professor Hooksma here today, and I'm so excited to chat with you. But before kind of getting into my questions, I was wondering if you could just tell us a bit about yourself. Mm -hmm. Sure.
1: Well... Yeah, I'll start, I guess, with where I'm at right now. I'm a professor in the social work department at Calvin University, and I've been teaching here um, since 2003, but I was adjunct for 12 years and then moved into more full-time roles. So Um, I'm a mother of four, married... uh, Attend Madison Square Church and live a, about half a block from there. So, a big part of my life is neighboring and community development and justice, anti racism work. So, even though I'm more of a micro clinician, social work wise, I care a lot about some of those bigger macro
0: mm-hmm. uh, pieces too. And then, how would you describe yourself in three to five words? Oh,
1: dear. <laughs> or more. You can do more. Mm. I think, well Compassionate would be up there uh, Relational just, Justice Seeker, maybe mm-hmm. uh, Jesus Follower and
0: Talkative <laughs> Just a chatter <laughs> A chatter mm-hmm. to talk. Thanks, I would definitely agree with all of those I feel like When I first met you and I was thinking about the podcast too, I just really admire your selflessness and you're just someone that's deeply empathetic and I've seen that through you as a professor and as a mentor Mm -hmm. and I don't know, I just think by getting to know you I've quickly come to admire so many things about you um, that I want to embody as a social worker but also just as a follower of God and as a person Mm -hmm. and I hope that you know that you've changed my life for good in so many ways so I just kind of wanted other people to get... A glimpse of that and a glimpse of who you are. I guess we met before my freshman year. I don't know if you remember this, mm. but I remember Taryn and I were in the same like not quest group, but like the passport group. Or oh, yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And she was like, "Oh, like yeah, my mom's a prof here, and like we met you <laughs> outside of like Millcrest or something." <laughs> And I had no clue what social work was, but I was like, okay. Oh, I remember
1: that. Like over, was it by Beat Seastra? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my word. Yes, I remember that.
0: Like didn't even really know Tara that much. Didn't even know you that much. But that was like my first memory of you. And then when I switched to social work, Mm -hmm. I've had you in two classes since then.
1: Mm -hmm. Only two, I feel like. Only two, I think. Yeah,
0: wow. And then we've led the caregiver group together, which has been so good this year. But I guess those are kind of all the little... Little interactions we've had throughout our time at Calvin. The
1: first time I remember, like meeting you in terms of like putting your name with your face, was actually um, when we had the welcome to the the program um, party at Venimas. <gasps> oh yeah, house. We were like on the <laughs> front porch, that. and yeah, I think I met you and oh. Stephanie at the same time and at that meeting. We got
0: coffee. One oh time yeah, we got Pete's, coffee. I thought yes. that was before. Or after I switched. I think that w- Oh, I don't remember. I think maybe I'd switched to social work, but I hadn't had you as a professor Uh yet. But I was like, Mm. Yeah, that was fun. I think I heard a lot about you. Mm -hmm. But that was fun. Yeah. And since then, just learning so much from you as a professor and as a person. Thanks, Jenna. Of course. And I guess I just have a couple questions Mm -hmm. related to social work and your life. My first one being just how did you find a passion for social work? How did you Mm -hmm. land? land How did I land with social work?
1: Mm -hmm. So. I think that the seeds for, like, justice were were planted in me at a, at a really young age. Um, and so, so partly, like, growing up in New Mexico, right, at Rehoboth and the um, just the life that I was exposed to there. So for justice, also cross-cultural, mm-hmm. like, living, relationships, those kinds of things. But e- even as a pretty young person, person I think I was drawn to like people and Mm -hmm. their stories and particularly people that were hurting I read a lot when I was Mm -hmm. a kid and those were the books that I always wanted to read about right and um so when I came to Kelvin I as a student you know I think I knew that I wanted to do some kind of helping profession but I didn't really even really know what social work was and Mm -hmm. um so, you know, I thought maybe psychology, maybe rec like therapy, but then I took a social work class and I was like, oh, this yes, <laughs> this is it, right? So I think that like person and environment mm-hmm. uh, approach really appealed to me. Um, the holistic view of, of a person and their environment, the, the idea that I could both care about what was happening at an individual level, think about, like, the counseling piece, but also the justice Mm -hmm. component was really, yeah, that just really fit for me. Mm -hmm. And then I think the other part of it was that I really wanted um, my life to be kind of, like, my mission or my ministry, Mm -hmm. right? And I felt like social work was a way. That wasn't necessarily, like, where you... It, it's not necessarily where you're like talking about Jesus all the time, but yeah. that to me, social work was a, a way to embody mm-hmm. my faith and what I felt like, um, we were called to do and be mm-hmm. a part of, uh, sort of the restorative work, um, of looking that brokenness in the face, but then also having the hope of, um, the restoration and being called to be a part of that. That was Mm -hmm. really attractive Mm -hmm. uh, to me that I was like, Oh, I could like do that all day, every day for my job. Right. Mm -hmm. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh, So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah, I think those were, and then of course the breadth of the field. Yeah. Um, I'm a person that does like variety. Mm -hmm. So I did like that appealed to me that there was lots of different things that I could, that I could do. Mm Enneagram, um, Two, I, I know this isn't how it's supposed to go, but two and seven.
0: Well, I totally see so I was going to ask you. So <laughs> Enthusiastic
1: Helper. <laughs> no, just kidding. That is so fitting. <laughs> <laughs> but that's sort of that seven piece about like there's so, so whenever I go to a conference or something, yeah. I'll go to all the workout breakout sessions. I'm like, oh, oh what about this? And I really want to do, this, do this. Oh, I should get more involved in that. Right. And so I, I there totally was something about social work that, mm-hmm. that variety really yeah. appealed to me.
0: Yeah, I can mm-hmm. definitely see that. And mm-hmm. we've talked a bit about all the different roles and jobs that you've had throughout yeah. your social work career, too. Yeah. So getting to explore mm-hmm. all those different Yeah, it's kind of actually
1: things. crazy that I've been here working, doing yeah. this same job for this long, because mm-hmm. although there's a lot of variety in yeah. this, right, even in terms of, like, teaching different classes and being with different students. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it looks different.
0: Yeah.
1: It's evolved and looked different throughout my career here. but mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love hearing that. I guess... Another question just related to social work and your, what your life has looked like in the career so far. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what your favorite aspects have been mm-hmm. and maybe some of the most challenging aspects. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting question. I think,
1: um, so probably in the in terms of like the clinical work that I've done, I think that hospice was my favorite mm-hmm. job. Um, partly because it just really was a good fit in terms of really being able to like support people and be compassionate and Mm -hmm. be in those sacred spaces Mm -hmm. with individuals and their families. Um, and so it's one of those things that it was a challenging job, right? Like every single client that I was with, Mm -hmm. I knew they were going to die. Um, and that, yeah, I'm sure took its, took its toll in some, some ways, but to me, it just always felt like a privilege, uh, to be able to do that. I also think that it helps, it helped me with like a perspective on the other part of my life because Mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of the pretense Mm -hmm. is stripped away when you're. Looking at end of life mm-hmm. stuff, right? And so then the things that maybe seem like they matter a lot,
0: yeah,
1: don't matter as much
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, for your clients. But then also, I think when you're working in those spaces, it's like, oh, this doesn't really matter, matter. Mm-hmm. you know. So I appreciated, I appreciated that. I think I learned a lot. I was just, yeah, like I've shared in class before, right? Like I think that's a really sacred moment in the life mm-hmm. of a family and then you get to like be there. Yeah, to
0: be welcomed in. Right. Into that.
1: Into that. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of like restoration of relationships and reconciliation and maybe things that people hadn't spoken about
0: yeah. maybe
1: ever mm-hmm. or definitely not in a long time, right? To be privy to those conversations mm-hmm. was pretty remarkable. Um, but then Yeah, I think that the flip side of it is the challenge of, like, compassion fatigue Mm -hmm. and how do you care well for yourself when you're Mm -hmm. doing that really hard work. Mm -hmm. Um, um, The other piece, I think in terms of, like, the job that I'm doing now, one of the most beautiful pieces for me is when I see things clicking for students, right? When you see that convergence start happening and they start understanding even like the like faith social work integration, like when you see students start to put those mm-hmm. things together. Like um the other day we were talking in class about the concept of shalom and mm-hmm. the concept of like um flourishing, people flourishing mm-hmm. and nothing missing, nothing nothing broken. And what does it look like to mm-hmm. to be a social worker working toward something like that? When you start to see those pieces locking together for Mm -hmm. students that's really rewarding Mm -hmm. um I think one of the most challenging years of my career has been this past year Mm -hmm. um just with the turmoil and turnover in our department right Mm -hmm. it's been difficult like I said at the beginning right I'm a very relational person and so losing colleagues that I had been working with for 14 years and Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what that all meant and I'm still trying to figure
0: out (laughs) Uh, the
1: role, you know, what the role that I needed to step into and some of those kinds of things. So that's been, that's been a pretty big challenge.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just hope that, you know, like how incredible of a job that you're doing. And I think you are someone that is so relational, very selfless in the time and energy that you give. And I just hope that you recognize that like, we all see that even if we don't like affirm that in you enough that like, it means a lot that you stayed Thanks, Jenna. For us and all the work that you're doing, even if you don't exactly know what, <laughs> what all even it even is. Even if I have to ask
1: like 15 million questions before, I'm like, wait, I right. know I have to
0: do that, but I don't really know how. I'll find out. Right. But I just hope that you know how <laughs> Thank much you. we appreciate Thank you. you and all that you do. You kind of hit on this question too, really. but I was going to ask what integrating faith and social work mm-hmm. looks like for you. Because I know mm-hmm. for me and for other students that I've talked with, that was a really Really big struggle um, mm-hmm. during part of our social work education was to understand, like, how can these two things coexist and also just, like, be integrated yeah, so, so well. Not just, like, oh, this can exist, but, like, how, right. how is this what God's design is for us mm-hmm. to be Christians and social workers and, like, pursuing yeah. both of those things at the same time? Yeah.
1: Well, I think one of the biggest barriers for students, well, for a lot of people, not mm-hmm. just students, but is the way that the church has jacked some some of this up right so i mean the the church we get it wrong and Mm -hmm. i'll include myself in that right Mm -hmm. um but i so one of the things that i lament is that i think that a lot of times our social work students in particular often feel like they need to choose between jesus and justice right Mm -hmm. like well this you know for example the church isn't really prioritizing this and Mm -hmm. I think this is really important especially you know some human rights issues those kinds of things um and I guess for me when I read scripture and when I understand the life and ministry of Jesus I think they that's what it was about yeah right so prioritizing people on the margins Mm -hmm. and finding ways to reconcile and you know, be a bridge across difference and, um, that's what I understand Jesus' ministry to be about, mm-hmm. right? And that's mm-hmm. what social work is. So, yeah. um, is it easy? Is it simple? No. It's complicated. It's complex. It's nuanced. It's mm-hmm. challenging. It's changing. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, the conversations that we're having now about what it looks like to integrate faith and social work are very different than when I was a student. Right. Not completely different, but they're but different. They're different are and different times. It's different, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and that, that to me, is part of what's interesting about it, right, is that the, the word of God is living and active mm-hmm. and... Um, that especially if we take like a reform perspective, yeah, that, that there's new understandings and new ways of, of living into the call Mm -hmm. of Christ, um, in different times and different spaces. And yeah, so I'm drawn to that challenge, mm-hmm. right? And I'm drawn to trying to like understand it, but then also like articulate it and mm-hmm. walk with students as they're trying to flesh it out. I mean, it's an interesting. That's one of the things I like about being a, pro, a college professor, right? Is yeah. that this is developmentally a time where, where students are trying to figure out, Like, well, what do I believe, Mm -hmm. right? Not just what have my parents told me to believe, Mm -hmm. but what is what if this is mine, right? And so to me, it's a big privilege to be able to, like, walk with students Mm -hmm. as they're trying to ask those questions, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid of people asking questions and Mm -hmm. doubting and wondering. And I think that's kind of a part of the journey. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: and so I hope that our students here, I mean, part of my hope is that that they have permission mm-hmm. to do that and be in all different spots on their faith journey, mm-hmm. but that they also hear um, the gospel in terms yeah. of, like, that, that these two things do fit together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they can you be so compatible. And... Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. So... I don't know if that no, that's, your question. No, that's so good.
0: But. Um, I guess kind of transitioning a little bit, you mentioned compassion fatigue, mm-hmm. being very real, burnout, mm-hmm. also very real, very real, and just coming face to face with a lot of the hurt and brokenness in the world, but also like in the church and yeah. when you're, we're all broken people working with broken people yeah. in the helping profession like this. Like, what does faithful presence and mm. obedience and social work look like to you? I think we mentioned that. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned that in a couple of our classes before.
1: Yeah. So it's, you know, it's interesting because, I mean, if I'm transparent, right, mm-hmm. like because of the difficulty of the last year plus, mm-hmm. um, coupled with some of, some of my own personal, like, family challenges, um, I, I do feel pretty, like, tired mm-hmm. <laughs> right now, presently, Um <clears throat> And so I think part of it is, like, having good Mm -hmm. self-awareness, knowing when you're nearing some of those places or in some of those places. Mm -hmm. I think part of that is also having truth tellers in your life, right, Mm -hmm. who are the people who are going to be like, what? What are, are you, you okay? doing? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? What are you doing? How can I support you? Mm-hmm. Um, this doesn't seem to be sustainable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Like, what what, what are you going to do differently? Um, so so I think that, that that's really important. And like we talk about in class and so forth a lot, like being really in tune with yourself, being mm-hmm. self-aware so that we don't, uh, um, I mean, I'm, I'm just continually intrigued kind of by this, the tri-directional relationship of like knowing God knowing yourself Mm -hmm. in order to know others well be in healthy relationships with with others right and how those things all connect connect with each other and so my hope is that I continue to grow in that and that students continue to grow in those Mm -hmm. ways that's like a lifelong thing right yeah um but in addition to that I think It's also important, or one of the things that I've learned and I've tried to live is that it's important to think about seasons of Mm -hmm. life, right? So that's been helpful to me. I remember when I first actually had Taryn, Mm -hmm. um, my oldest daughter, and there was the decision about if I was going to go back to work or Mm -hmm. not. Um, And if I was going to go full-time or part-time or stay home or, right, that was just, it was a difficult decision to make. And I remember at that point, I feel like the Lord kind of impressed on me, like this isn't a forever decision, mm. right? I can make a decision for a season, yeah. and then do something different. So kind of ever since then, I've I've had this perspective of seasons, mm. and it might seem like I'm going on a tangent no, right this, now. I'm, I'm, coming, I'm always I'm going on tangent. <laughs> I'm coming back. I'm um, coming back. But. But for me, I think that part of, like, sustainability and work and Mm -hmm. in difficult work Mm -hmm. is also thinking about it in terms of seasons. Mm -hmm. And so, like, for example, this past year. Like, if I had to do this level of intensity every year, that was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it, right? But what does it look like to be faithful and dig deep Mm -hmm. and push through for a season. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and it's sometimes hard to determine like, well, how long is that season supposed to be? Right. Because I do really think that especially in social work, like if you have somebody who's burned out, like they need to either do something different mm-hmm. or get a different job. Yeah. Right. Like we can do damage to people if mm-hmm. we're trying to just like keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. Yeah. Um And I think I'm guilty of, living we talk you know sometimes about the double ditch Mm -hmm. i live near that ditch right Mm -hmm. so that's something i need to Mm -hmm. be careful of that i don't just like keep pushing and keep pushing up you know and you get into the whole thing about like i'm doing it at my own strength and whatever um but but i think that there are sometimes in our lives and in our careers where it's like you know what Mm -hmm. so maybe you're in an agency and some people have left or the caseload gets bigger and you just need to, you just need to do it. Yeah. Right. Dig deep and do it. But you can't do that mm-hmm. long term. Right. Mm-hmm. right? Um, so part of it is just that wisdom and discernment of knowing like, what is the season? Um, how, how do I cut some other things out of my life? How do I make right. sure I have the right people around me? How do I make sure that I'm, um, you know, caring for myself physically, emotionally, spiritually, which I'm not always great at. Let's just be honest. Right. Um, so, but you know, I know the right things to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like preaching to myself right now. I, I also think I mean, just thinking about this, this idea of faithful mm-hmm. obedience. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's also something about Sticking with things even when they're hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but also listening carefully uh, to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. To discerning people in your life that help you know when it's time to make a move. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, kind of knowing, like you like said, the discernment of do I keep showing up and keep mm-hmm. persevering, which I think we have a larger capacity than we realize sometimes in order right. to do that. And mm-hmm. I think hindsight's probably helpful and be like, Oh, I got through that. I'm yeah, like, I did it. That's right. That's helpful. But yeah. I think in the moment it can be hard to know sometimes, like, is this, is this what's best? Is this like right. worth it? Is this right. the healthiest thing for me and for others? But right. Yeah. Like,
1: do I just need to like have more grit and resilience mm-hmm. or is it like, no, it's time to do something. Yeah. Different. And, and I think also that that is a, a very personal decision. Right. But when I say personal I don't necessarily mean like individual like you just have to figure it out yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean a lot of times and I've been alluding to that right that oftentimes it's in community that we mm-hmm. can discern Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. And something I've been reflecting on too is just I think sometimes I feel all this pressure of like making these decisions of like what's going to be best? what, right. What should I do? But then really trying to reflect on like do I have the trust and the gratitude to walk wherever like the Lord yeah. has me and wherever the Lord wants yeah. me. Because that yeah. could look different than what I try and plan exactly. or what I think. But that's huge knowing that Jenna. like mm-hmm. not only do I want to trust that, but I want to like be thankful and grateful for like whatever season of life exactly. he wants me to be in. Right. Right. You know? Right. But it can definitely be difficult to always have that perspective when you're in yeah. the thick of it. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a little bit of a transition, okay. but I think we're both pretty, pretty emotional people. If I'm allowed to say that. Yes, you are. You are probably probably crying. Yeah, I feel like if
1: I if I tear up, I'm gonna look over and (laughs) imagine that Jenna probably is too Mm
0: -hmm. for watching a video in class. I'm like, I bet that we're both also grabbing a Kleenex and crying. But something. I laugh hard and I cry hard. Okay. You just feel things deeply. I do deeply. Yeah. Right. Me too. Um, I think I probably cried in your office or in your class many times, but one thing that I remember you saying to me was don't apologize for crying, don't apologize for caring. Mm-hmm. And I think that's definitely stuck with me because mm-hmm. I think sometimes I'm like, am I too emotional for this job? Like, am I going to be able to like rein it in and like keep it together? But I think you're, you're someone that's so caring and so selfless and how can we care deeply? How can we care really deeply, but then also care... For ourselves, yeah, and right, and care for our clients in the best way, yeah.
1: So, I mean, it is an interesting thing, right? And I think that there is, there is work that we need to do professionally to figure out, like, how do I manage mm-hmm. my emotions when I'm working with clients and uh, make this not about me. Mm-hmm. Um, which doesn't mean you can't feel all the things, but you have to figure out how to feel the things like later. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for me, that's taken, that's taken some work and sometimes I've done better at that than others. But, um, I, I I do think like learning some of that professionalism, Mm -hmm. um, is really important. How do you find that balance between caring deeply mm-hmm. but not letting it consume you yeah. and take over you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, so part of that, again, I'm gonna go back to like the support system, so like who's your supervisor? Mm-hmm. Who are your coworkers? Who, do you, uh, who are the people outside of work that you can mm-hmm. yeah, express mm-hmm. some of the depths of what you're feeling mm-hmm. um, safely? who are those people that you could do that, uh, with safely?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, and honestly, I often tell students like, uh, like it's part of, you have to practice it, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. that is one of the things when you're a new clinician or a new social worker that you're going to have to practice. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I find, how do I merge? We, we, well, use, we talked about this, right? like, merging self and class prof- Right, merging self and mm-hmm. profession, yeah. right? And that takes practice. It's a muscle, mm-hmm. right, that you need to to develop. Yeah. Um, and so I think all the things, yeah. you know, the different kinds of self-care techniques that we we talk about in terms of, like, journaling mm-hmm. or, I mean, for you, running <laughs> – that's not one of mine, but you baking? know, baking, right? Whatever, whatever that is, is to figure out what are some of those rhythms so that mm-hmm. I know that when I've had a really intense day, yeah, like, what do I need to do? Um, to make sure that I'm able to express myself that I'm able to, uh, not just squish it down mm-hmm. and act like it's not there, repress it because <laughs> that doesn't actually help. I mean, it feels like it might for a minute. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. I think um, that's all such a good reminder of, like, we're not going to do it perfectly, especially, mm-hmm. like, all of us being, like, freshly, right? freshly graduated. Like, right. I think we kind of have this expectation of, like, okay, we learned all these things. We had our internship. Now we, like, are I'm ready, ready to, to go. social workers. Yeah. And, like, yeah, but I think we kind of fall into the the danger of, like, thinking that we have it. We got mm-hmm. it all together. We need to be perfect mm-hmm. or fully competent and everything. Right. Which, like, we You're should absolutely strive for that. But Right. But you're not. not. We're not. that's
1: okay. Yeah. And that's why I always say to students, right, like, it's really important who your supervisor is Mm -hmm. and who your colleagues are.
0: Yeah.
1: um, Because you can do hard things, especially if you're in a supportive environment, Mm -hmm. right? It's really difficult when you're doing really difficult things with clients and there's, like, a Mm -hmm. toxic, unhealthy work environment. And so then you're getting it kind of from both yeah. Directions.
0: Yeah. You know. For sure.
1: Um, especially if you're also going through some things in your personal, personal life, life. Right. That also
0: happens to spill over sometimes. Right. Into your professional so life. So
1: trying to figure out how to have that healthy balance. Yeah. Um. So I really do feel, I, I know that a lot of times, especially seniors, right, are feeling this anxiety about like, I got to get a job, just any job. Mm-hmm. And that's fair. I understand that. But also... Like, you don't have to settle for yeah. for any job. And mm-hmm. I would rather maybe have you do something else or wait a little longer mm-hmm. and find the right thing than to, to, really
0: supported than
1: it. to just jump into some desperate, mm-hmm. unhealthy situation. Because then it's really hard, I think, to sustain yourself yeah. in, this, in this difficult field yeah. if that's kind of where you start.
0: And if that, that I think that'd sense? be pretty discouraging if that's your first time. Absolutely, because like, you're well, like, I guess I don't want to do this. I got burned after a month or mm-hmm. something. And that happens. To hear.
1: Mm-hmm. that happens. That with, happens with our students.
0: Which is scary. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good to good insight, mm-hmm. good advice. Um, I just have one more question. Okay. For you, you're one of the most empathetic and understanding individuals that mm-hmm. I've met in my life. And something you mentioned in class the other week was... That people will forget what you said, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Mm
1: -hmm. we got to attribute that to Maya Angelou. Right. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: But as a social worker, as a mom, and just as Stacia Hooksma, Mm. I think (laughs) in every interaction, what is your hope for how you make people feel?
1: Mm.
0: Oh, that's a great question, Jenna.
1: I hope that people will feel um, seen by me. or, Or at least that they get the feeling that I want to, to see mm-hmm. them and know them. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, That's important mm-hmm. to me. And I hope that they, well, first of all, I also kind of hope they have a good time. <laughs> right. There's the <a> seven. in <laughs> <That's enneagram, fun. laughs> Right. Let's have a little fun. Yep. But also let's, yeah, I, I want people to like, feel like I love them and accept them and mm-hmm. that they're enough.
0: I definitely have experienced that in my life. And I think that you're someone, whether you know this or not, or whether, like, I'm consciously doing it or not, I feel like I could tell you anything Mm. that's going on in my life and just know that, like, you want to hear it Mm. and you really care about it. Um,
1: And that's true. Back to why I went into social work, because I'm, like, I just really – I really still, I really love hearing people's like stories.
0: I know you just, you have such a posture of, of curiosity well, about really, everyone.
1: And it's genuine. It's the I ways really that your eyes that. light up <laughs> and the way that you lean in
0: and no, I see it. See it so, oh, so much. You. Yes. Thank you for sharing all those, all those thoughts and insights. Well, thanks for asking about them. I want to thank you again just for your time and for being willing to share and hope that you know that you are so much of a role model for me and what I aspire to be in life and just want to thank you again for all that you've done for our department and for Kelvin and for quite literally carrying us on your back. I feel like (laughs) throughout this year, it was a joint effort. We (laughs) all, we locked arms and together, but yeah. And just all the ways that you've loved and supported me and changed my life since getting to know you.
1: Thank you, Jenna. My privilege. And I'm going to
0: miss you. I'm going to miss you too, Mm -hmm. but I will always remember so many things that you've taught me. And don't be a stranger you know my email oh yeah i'll reach out all right but okay i think that's the end okay Do you want to say bye or something that, that was it? fun <laughs> 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 bye everybody hi guys i just wanted to wrap up this week's episode thank you so much for listening whether you're a social work student or not i hope you received some encouragement and some new perspective and that you just were able to experience all of the compassion and care that Professor Hooksma has, even, even through the microphone or through your headphones. She has forever impacted my life, and I hope to embody half of her heart, her soul, and her passion for social work one day. Talking with Professor Hooksma just reminds me how grateful I am for professors like her that I've met throughout my time at Kelvin who have just motivated and mentored and invested in me time and time again whether it's sitting in their office um, asking for advice or just needing a shoulder to cry on um, she's always welcomed my tears my sadness or my confusion saying it's okay I'm right here thanks again so much for listening I love you guys bye